This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that has also transitioned to endemicity. Today in the House of Pod, we have Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? He celebrated his transition by staying up all night at the Mama. That's why his voice is a bit weak today. <laughs> also, there's Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Who's too old and grumpy to lepa at the mama. That's true. I am Faisal Merikan. I barely have enough money to spend at the mama. Hint, hint, boss, boss, boss. First up, let's talk about the World Cup qualifiers. Portugal sealed their spot in Qatar by beating North Macedonia 2-0 in their uh, playoff final. Bruno Fernandes scored in either half to put them through. Uh, North Macedonia missed out on a historic win after their shock victory over Italy in the previous round. Meanwhile, Portugal are through to their sixth World Cup in a row. And uh, potentially, it's the last one for Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, definitely. Because what he's like thirty-six now. I don't think he'll be playing in the World Cup when he's forty. Uh, but the result that the the result of Portugal beating North Macedonia two 0 I think that all of us saw this one coming. Uh, North Macedonia had a great great run just to advance to the final, knocking Italy out, the four-time champion. Uh, but it's it's. To me, it's almost the, a similar match for North Macedonia against Portugal this time round, as it was against Italy, because they were really on their on their back foot, right? So it was all Portugal, and to me, the shocking shocking thing was Bruno Fernandes scoring two goals, because he's having trouble doing that in a red shirt, I guess. <laughs> and he got one of the assists from Ronaldo as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Double surprise there. <laughs> yeah, uh, good good point about um, North Macedonia being on the back foot because according to the stats, right, uh, Portugal had 64% possession um, as opposed to 36% for North Macedonia. Um, Portugal also had 11 shots and 3 on target compared to their opponents, uh, which is basically 3 and zilch. Portugal wasn't as dominant as Italy in the against North Macedonia against North Macedonia because what Italy had 30 plus shots right and most of them off target and they I th- I think they have more more possession compared to Portugal but, but it would be great for the neutrals if North Macedonia did pull off another upset but I don't think it will be great for the true football fans to watch North Macedonia in the at the big dance right because It's going to be an annihilation for North Macedonia <laughs> if they did qualify to the World Cup. So yeah, I think everything is good now since Portugal did make it. Yeah, and it also means that Ronaldo will be at the World Cup, which we ha- you have to admit we are better off for it in terms of the entertainment value he will provide at the World Cup. I know we knock him down on this show <laughs> quite a bit, but you have to admit like, that a tournament without Rona- Ronaldo is just a little bit less interesting and I, I think it's also extra special because this is in all likelihood going to be his last World Cup so for a player like him who has uh, had a fantastic career for Portugal uh, I, I think he deserves to have one one last go you know to say his goodbye on the biggest stage in world, world football and, and to 
soak in the adoration of the crowd. So that will be, at least for the neutrals, good to see, good, good to watch. Yeah. So in another result, Poland uh, threw out a beating Sweden 2-0. Uh, this means no Zlatan Ibrahimovic in uh, Qatar. But from what I've read, uh, there's no indication yet that he'll uh, hang up his boots anytime soon. Uh, this guy is already, what, 40? He'll be 44 by the time the next World Cup comes about. So you know, I, I know he likes to talk big about how great he is and all that, but for an outfield player, realistically, to still be playing at the top level at 44, I think that's asking for a bit uh, too much. I, I don't think he will necessarily retire from the national team just yet, but I'm quite certain that this is the last we've seen of him uh, at the World Cup. Because when you think about it, even after returning for uh, for, for for the national team for Sweden, uh, he was never the player that he used to be. You know, he's slower, not as effective, and understandably, he's 40. So I, I think... After a year or so, if he himself doesn't retire, then the coach is going to drop him. La. <laughs> Unless suddenly he transitions to goal. <laughs> Which, you know, knowing Zlatan, he'll try. You give him a chance, he will try. Now, there's uh, one other European spot up for grabs. Uh, one of the contenders is Wales. They'll face either Scotland or Ukraine, whose uh, play of Sami was postponed because of the Russian invasion. Uh, Scotland versus Ukraine is currently scheduled to take place in June. But only if the uh, Ukraine war is over by that time. If not, look, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, meanwhile, in Africa, Senegal are through to the World Cup, albeit in controversial circumstances. They beat Egypt 3-1 in a penalty shootout, during which uh, Egypt's players had lasers pointed at their eyes. Uh, there were also complaints about Egypt's players being racially abused and uh, they were pelted with objects. In the aftermath, Carlos Queiroz quit as uh, Egypt's coach. And there are rumours that Mo Salah may quit as well. Yes, there were rumours. But for Salah to... If these rumours were to come true, because Salah is 29 right now, uh, the next World Cup will be... He will be 33. I think he can still offer something. I think he's, he can still play at the big stage at the age of 33. Um, I really hope that he does not quit uh, his national team right now. But... To go out in that manner, in that controversial manner, circumstances you might say at the fi- uh, at the at the hands of Senegal, uh, it's it's a bit harsh for for Egypt. Although that they wasn't they wasn't in the best form, right, Egypt? Because since the Afcon tournament, they they were grinding out results. They were they were dragged on to win in extra time to win in penalties. So it happened again against Senegal, but. The laser pointing stuff and the racial abuse thing, it's never right, but it's really, really not great to see in a football match. Mm. Do you think the the laser show affected the Egyptian players, especially Mo Salah when he missed his penalty? Do you think that had a, had a role to play in him missing? Okay, this is not a jab at the Liverpool fans, but okay, just bear with me, right? Shafiq Rahim, Safi Sali, all those players have had lasers pointed at them and they converted their spot kicks. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, look, look. But it, in his defence, you're talking uh, all these players who've had lasers before, we're talking about one or two laser beams. This was like a freaking laser light show in his face. <laughs> it was okay, horrible to watch. Okay, yeah, you got that right. The photos, I mean... Uh, um, in some angles, uh, they looked like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it was all green. Yeah, and, and Karam pointed out as well, you know, when you look at the, the, the field, it looked like there were fireflies there. <laughs> so, in all, in, in, in all seriousness, I, I think it, it, 
even if it didn't uh, sort of like blind them or impair their vision, I think it it affected their concentration to a degree, you know, to have like, <laughs> to look at all those lights on you. Uh, because it, it's a high pressure environment when you're in a penalty shootout like that. Any little thing can, you know, take your mind off it. So it, it, it may have played a part in, in Salah missing, I think. Okay, moving on, a quick word about England all together now. Word. word. <laughs> Uh, the Three Lions had a 3-0 a friendly win over Ivory Coast recently. Uh, a lot of the headlines before the match were about former England forward Wilfried Knowing Me, Knowing You, Zaha. <laughs> <laughs> he was out injured for the match, so instead the headlines post-match focused on the abuse that Harry Maguire received from England fans. One of them could be heard all the way from Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The boos were rightly criticised by boss Gareth Southgate. I mean, regardless of his form for United, I'm sure I'm sure that Maguire doesn't deserve the flag uh, when he's playing for his country. You're right, and Southgate is right because I think somehow, somehow he always plays well with England, but not with United. So for for the English fans to boo him off like that, I thought that was uncalled for. I would get it if he had a bad match or he made a mistake that led to the led to a goal or a defeat. But they won three nil, and I I don't think that he ever put a foot wrong in that match. So totally uncalled for for all the nonsense that's happening to Harry Maguire. Yes, I do give him give him sticks for his performance at United. But well, that's. That's United, lah. <laughs> That's United, and he deserves that stick. So, <laughs> but not with England, though. Not with England. Uh, what do you think, Nick? I think there were a lot of Man United fans attending that England match. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, his England teammates like Jordan Henderson also uh, jumped to Maguire's defense. Um, Hendo said he's been a colossus for the national squad. I'm sure Hendo will make the same argument for Maguire's spot at United as well, especially since Liverpool are hosting United. United later this month. Uh, which brings us to the Premier League. Uh, Liverpool have the early kickoff this weekend. They're at home against Watford. Leaders Man City are away against Burnley. Chelsea host Brentford. Man United host Leicester. Tottenham take on visitors Newcastle. And Arsenal are away at Crystal Palace. Be sure to catch this weekend's EPL action at the comfort of your home live on Astro. And also live on Astro at your favourite 24 hour our mama. Just be sure to follow the SOPs and stay safe, guys, yeah? Elsewhere, uh, Formula One has announced a new venue for uh, 2023 onwards, and keeping with the recent tradition, it'll race in another country with a spotty human rights record. Uh, I'm talking about the US. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Starting in 2023, Las Vegas will be the third venue in America after Austin, Texas and uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, the Las Vegas GP will be a street circuit that will cover the famed Vegas Strip and uh, Carabao. Um, it's not the strip you're thinking about, nah. Dude. <laughs> Fun fact: Vegas previously hosted two F1 races in the uh, early '80s. It was called the Caesar's Palace GP, uh, named after the hotel, and it was held in its parking lot. <laughs> By all accounts, it wasn't that good. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old to remember the race, lah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I heard that. Uh, the points that the drivers win at the Vegas GP will not count towards the World Championship because mm. what happens in Vegas 
Stays, Stays in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Taking a page out of Faisal's book. Uh. <laughs> and he didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You s- You got me. You got me. <laughs> okay, speaking of Formula One, the Sepang Circuit uh, recently ruled out the possibility of bringing back the Malaysian GP anytime soon. Now, we definitely want it back. F1 fans want it back too. Sepang is one of their favourite circuits. And I'm sure a lot of drivers want to race in Sepang. But, hey guys, do you actually see that it's financially viable? I mean, that was the reason that the government decided not to renew the contract all those years ago, right? Yeah, this is one of those situations where I think the heart says we want another Malaysian GP, but the head says no. You know, from an emotional point of view, like you said, the races in Sepang have always been exciting. The atmosphere has always been great. And it, it when it dropped out of the F1 calendar, it dropped out on a high. Uh, I, I know attendance figures and all that was on, on, on the decline, but that wasn't a problem that was unique to Sepang. Every other circuit was experiencing that, so that's not our fault. But if you look at it, the last race that we held in Sepang was no less exciting than the very first race, which is why we miss it so much and we want it back. But having said all that, hosting an F1 race is crazy, crazy expensive. And we're talking potentially tens of millions of dollars for one race. And a lot of the other circuits, they've got massive endorsement and sponsorship deals. They get government grants and subsidies, and yet they struggle to make their money back. You know, So we really have to ask ourselves, do we want to spend all that money on one race when we are only just starting to recover from the economic effects of the COVID pandemic, you know. So when you look at it that way, I'm actually relieved that they decided not to hold it anytime soon. But the important thing is, SIC said, like you mentioned, they have no plans to hold an F1 race in the near future, meaning they've not exactly ruled out holding one sometime in the years to come, you know, when our financial situation improves. So fingers crossed, when things do get better, hopefully Formula One will return here as well. At least me, I did get my hopes up a bit because before SIC made their announcements because there were rumours spreading that F1 is going to be back in Sepang and I was pumped up. I think I told you guys that F1 is going to be back too, so keep your heads up for the news. But it turns out it was it was not F1. So, yeah, great way to ruin the week, I guess, <laughs> SIC. <laughs> we, we, we know that the last race... And Sepang holds a very special place in Karami's heart because he got to meet the Prime Minister and shake his hand. <laughs> dude! Dude, no! <laughs> he really did. And I, made, and I made the front page of the papers. <laughs> so yeah, you're a little bit biased. <laughs> Well, with that, we've come to the end of another Podball Sportscast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, but before we go, I just want to say that we all have this innate desire to show love and good to others. No, but sometimes it's important to put yourself first. You can't give from an empty vessel. So show yourself some love and recharge. Only then can you love others. We love you all. You are awesome. You beautiful, magnificent people. I'm Faisal Merikan. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John. 